What does space sound like? A bit like this, according to NASA. In this episode of Physics Twist, how that space sound was made. Climate change is weird and terrifying conclusion. And the truth behind reported HIV cures. She's back. G'day, Quill. How are you? Konnichiwa, Duncan. Oh, where did you learn that? I just came back from Japan. I was. It was fantastic. I'm very glad to hear that. Mm-hmm. We missed you while you were away. And I miss being here too, actually. Yeah. But rest assured, we did record some beautiful, delicious podcast episodes. One with Kate, when we talked about International Women's Day, among other things. Fantastic. And one with Holly, where we talked about how you shouldn't burp in space. I'm disappointed I missed that one. Absolutely. Because mm. those are two of your favourite things. Burping in space, <laughs> space yeah. or burping in disappointment. Burping, and, yeah, <laughs> burping in space. Um, what's funny about the burping in space thing, apparently if you do burp in space, you're more likely to do something called a bomb-it. Ew. Yeah. Yeah, we don't need to describe what that is. No, nah, I, I, think, think I think people get it. It describes itself. So, Quill. Yes, Duncan. What can you hear in space? Space junk. No. (laughs) Uh, Nothing, right? You can't hear anything. Why can you not hear anything? Because there's no sound in space. No sound. Nothing at all. Yeah. And most movies, funny, most movies actually have some sort of sound going on in space. Yeah. But that's not right. No. There'd be nothing. The only movie that I've seen that did it right was 2001. Oh, yeah. Which is quite a... A space odyssey. A space odyssey, the very same. Right. Yes. And that's... um, It's not a fun movie, to be honest. No. No. Um, Why is there no sound? Because there's no air. Exactly. Because sound needs air or water or a medium. Some medium. Some sort of medium. To wiggle through. To wiggle through. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Um, The reason I ask is because... That's absolutely wrong. No, it's not. It's not. (laughs) But (laughs) I really threw you for a loop there. (laughs) So, we kind of know what space sounds like. Okay. And the reason that we know this is because friends of the podcast, NASA, mm-hmm. have taken a beautiful image of oh, okay. space that they took with the Hubble telescope. Fantastic. And they have converted that image into a sound. <gasps> I shall play it for you now. That's really cool. It's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. Bleeps and bloops and all that fun stuff. So, what they did is a process called sonifying. Mm -hmm. Really, all that means is they converted it from an image into sound. Fantastic. And the way that they did it is they take each little pixel of light that comes into that uh, that image. Yep. And depending on its location in the image, Mm -hmm. whether it's more to the left or more to the right or more to the top or the bottom, they process it into a corresponding sound. Okay. The way this works is if it's towards the left-hand side of the image, it appears at the start of the sound. Ah, it's okay. towards the right. It's more towards the end 
Yep. Yep. You can visualize. Makes that. sense. Yep. Kind of like graphing out a sound. Like graphing a sound. Beautiful analogy. And then, if it's near the top, it has a high frequency, which sounds like a squeaky squeaky sound. And if it's towards the bottom, it's a it's a really low low sound. Low sound. Low. Um, and that's what they did. Now, this is super cool. It is in my personal opinion. You can yeah. feel free to disagree. No, it's cool. Okay, I think it's really cool. <laughs> um, but what you can do, I'll, p- I'll put a link in the show description, the show notes that actually, so you can see the image for yourself. And if you play it, you can sort of see where each different galaxy or different star corresponds to a different sound. That's really awesome. And there is, because a whole bunch, there's lots in the background. So they're like a little bit faint, so they're not yep. as loud as well. Makes sense. Uh, and there's absolutely massive ones. So they're like closer to us, they're brighter, some of them are larger as well. Yeah. One particularly large one is a galaxy cluster called, you ready for it? Mm-hmm. RXC J0142.9 plus 4438. Wow. Beautiful. Just rolls off the tongue, it doesn't it? It certainly does. Great name. I think I'd like to call uh, future children that name. <sighs> Just Can you imagine that? My call that out. Born, son. <laughs> so proud for graduation day. <laughs> Go and get your degree, RxJ, something, something. Oh, Oh. the other thing I should mention, as I said, from bottom to top, low frequencies to high frequencies, it only ranges from 30 hertz. Mm -hmm. Hertz is basically a measure of the pitch of the sound. Yep, so how many many things per second, basically, right? It goes from 30, which is really low. That's almost near the limit, like the bottom limit of human hearing, Mm -hmm. up to 1,000 hertz. And 1,000 hertz, I would estimate, it's probably about... I'm going to do an impersonation of 1,000 hertz. It's about... Oh, so it's not super high. Not super high, but that's probably probably higher than that. Let me try again. That was a little bit higher. (laughs) (laughs) I really have no idea what I'm doing. Um, (laughs) So... There you go. I just think that's a, it's a really neat thing because personally it brings together two of my personal loves in life, space and and sound. Yeah. Just, yeah. just sound, yeah. We know you love space and sound. Yeah. Fantastic. And um, it, it also sounds quite beautiful. Mm, I it think. does. The, and it sounds quite positive, which I like. Yeah. It's the yeah. nice bleeps and bloops. Yeah. From like a Disney space movie. Yeah. Not a 2001 we're all going to die kind yeah. of space movie. And there like, is a lot of the we're all going to die space There's a lot movies. of that. Except you know, the main character. You know what else? Interstellar, mm-hmm. which is, you know, kind of a, it's a very tense space movie. Yeah. Um, you know what that has in it? As, and as a sound effect? Space junk. No, the shepherd tone. Oh. It's got the shepherd tone in it. You know what? Maybe we should release that as a... We might have to. We might so have to. we recorded a nice little, little fun snippet of a podcast for a... Bit of an audiovisual fun kind of illusion thing, and that's yeah. what got the shepherd's tone. Let's let's include the shepherd's tone in the show notes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because we, we can just put it into I don't know. We'll put it somewhere. We'll Someone. figure it out. It's we'll going to be on the in. show notes, and it's really interesting. It's an audio auditory illusion. Cool. A constantly rising pitch mm. that creates a lot of tension. So there you go. It's a nice sound. It's a Disney one. It's not a two thousand and one Interstellar kind of <laughs> kind of Fantastic. space sound. Well, that's really cool. Now, I like the idea of taking. An image and turning it into a sound. Like, I think that's really amazing. And I feel like sometimes you look at things and you feel like you can almost hear what that thing would be. For sure. And also it would be nice for people that maybe can't, it's for maybe people that can't see, you might like to hear what 
those galaxies might look like. Yeah. That'd be cool Now too. you know. Because yeah. you can turn sounds into images. That's what, like, waveforms yeah. are. Um, I saw a really cool video on the YouTubes um, where someone videotaped some aluminium foil moving. Yep. Because they played, a, played a, like, a sound through a large speaker. Okay. Next to aluminium foil. Yeah. The air vibrations oh, yeah. move the aluminium foil. This person recorded a video of the aluminium foil yeah. and managed to extract what the sound was based upon the movement of the aluminium foil. That's cool. So cool. Like when we play slime through our speaker. Yeah. It's pretty similar to that. Yeah. I'll put it in the show notes. Cool. How's that? Awesome. Should we move on? Yeah, let's move Wonderful. on. Wonderful. Now, I think with the next few stories we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. this is where it turns from fun things into not-so-fun things. Yeah. It's where the new theme music really doesn't match up with the tone of the podcast. Yeah. This is where it gets kind of heavy. So we're like to do fun things, and we have a very fun uh, theme music. Mm-hmm. But sometimes in science, you've got to talk about serious things. Serious and sometimes things. things are a little bit sad. Yeah. Um, because this is what sometimes a lot of the time what we're doing in science is trying to fix some of these sad things. Precisely. So if you've got like, maybe little kids in the car or wherever you're listening, um, we have got a couple of stories that are a little bit sadder. So maybe if you don't want to listen to them um, or they're a bit more intense, you know, they don't have to listen. Or, yeah. you know, maybe it's good for them to learn about some of the yeah. other parts of the world. That's right. That's up to your judgment. Okay. So the first story we're going to talk about a little bit again now, it's a little bit sadder, is... On the green. So, on the green with me. On the green with Quill. I'm back. On the green with Quill. On the green with Quill. And I'm ready to rant about climate change again. (laughs) It's been like three whole weeks that I have been over in Japan (laughs) and haven't had a chance to rant about climate change because I don't even know how to say climate change in Japanese. Oh, there you go. I've been saving it all up. And this story is about clouds. Yes. Love clouds. Love clouds. So, clouds are great. Yes. Yeah, they're pretty. You can look at them. And clouds actually do a lot of interesting things. And we actually don't just have one kind of cloud. We can get lots of different kinds of clouds. And these different kinds of clouds can do different things. I know a cloud. Okay. Cumulonimbus. No, wait, I messed it up. Cumulonimbus. I like that. Mm. That's pretty impressive. I'm impressed. I know a cloud. What is it? Stratocumulus. Oh, that was almost the same, but it's different. Yeah. Okay, tell so, me about the stratocumulus. Okay, so this story is about stratocumulus clouds, and these are large, dark, big clouds, okay? Yeah. And they um, usually form in big kind of groups um, or waves or something like that. And what they actually do is they're really important in climate change because these clouds are big and they're white and they reflect light. Mm-hmm. So they send that light that's coming to Earth and they zing it back away from us. Gotcha. And this helps to prevent us from getting too hot. They zing it? Is that's, that is that what the article that's says? That's not a technical term. Oh, okay. That's a Quill's term. Yeah. <laughs> they reflect it away Science from us. Science communicator. Okay, yes. <laughs> okay, so on Earth we have this huge array of different kinds of clouds. Okay, lots of different kinds. Um, but these can be changed by dun, 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 mm. climate change. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so we know that the climate change can change them. And these kind of stratocumulus clouds might disappear. Gotcha. And, and that's... this is like a vicious circle. Oh. Right? So the more we have climate change, the more likely it is we're going to lose these clouds. Once we lose these clouds, the more likely it is we're going to get even hotter because the clouds aren't going to be reflecting light. And and the clouds disappear when? The clouds are going to disappear not today, not tomorrow, yep. but when we reach a critical level of how much carbon dioxide we have in the environment, which is then going to be in turn how hot yeah, we kind of get. So it's t- from what I saw, twelve hundred parts per million. Yeah, 
of CO2 yeah. in the atmosphere. So when we get to, actually, it's 1,300. So when we get to 1,300 parts per million, which basically means for every million parts, there's 1,300 yep. of those are carbon yep. dioxide. Take a pie, cut is, it into a million exactly. slices. Yep. Um, so when we get to that much carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, which is three times what we currently have. This, yeah, okay, it's a yeah. lot. So it's a lot. But we're really ramping up how much carbon dioxide we, you know, yeah. we're still not meeting our climate change kind of agreements and all that kind of yeah. stuff. This is why it's so important. I heard that even if we stopped all CO2 emissions mm. today, the climate, um, the temperature of the earth would keep increasing for the next 100 years. Yeah, because we've put so much out, yeah. out there. It's just it's wild, very, isn't it? Very unfortunate and so, very stupid. Sorry to interrupt, but 1300, we get to a point, clouds disappear. Yep. And then... And then... They stop reflecting the light. Gotcha. Which means we then have more light coming in mm-hmm. and we continue to get hotter and hotter and hotter. Oh. So climate change and this global warming obviously is not a great thing. The hotter we get, and this said, actually, if this happens, we can get up to eight degrees hotter than where we're oh, already trending to go. So eight. you know those 46 degree, 52 degree days we had this summer? Bump that up to 60. Oh. <laughs> but you'd cook. Yeah. You would absolutely cook. That's yeah. like... That's like living in a cup of hot tea. That's yeah. your life now. That's tea, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good. Um, yeah. So this was all done by a researcher called uh, Tapio Schneider um, that works at Caltech. Yep. And they actually did all this by mathematical modelling. Okay, so simulations on a computer. So clouds are pretty hard to simulate, okay? They're pretty erratic. We've got all sorts yeah. of different kinds. But they've done, over the last two years, they've done probably millions and billions or thousands at the very least of simulations running the model of what will happen with these clouds. Okay. And yeah, it's not it's not looking it's great. It's not looking great, is it? Yeah. Okay. So um, he also said, if I remember correctly, that he's not he's not particularly worried that we're going to get to that point. So this is kind of like it's like a hypothetical situation. Because yeah. he was saying that he hopes, and the key word is hopes, yeah. that civilization will get you know, to a point where we go, okay, we're going to put the kibosh on this. Yeah. We're going to stop it yeah, from we're going rising to realize, that high. All right. It's not funny anymore. We actually have to stop with the climate change. We yeah. actually have to help and start doing the things we need to do. We all yeah. know what we need to do, but it's like a little we're bit too much effort it. or it's like oh, a little bit more expensive or whatever. Yeah. And at some point we need to go, okay, we need to stop yeah. now. I think it has to be, um, it has to be a little bit better than the sort of, minor environmentally responsible things that we all do, like bringing our cloth bags to yeah. the supermarket. Yeah. Like, it has to be on an institutional kind of level, which, yeah. I mean, I don't know when that's going to happen. But anyway, that's why it's so heavy, this topic. It is. Yeah. And that's why we said it's a bit of a sad topic, but important topic nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay, we, should we leave it at that? I think so. I don't want to talk so. about it anymore. Yeah. It's making me sad. Because we'll just, you know, I'll be swimming. We'll all have to be scuba divers. Yeah, but not in a fun way. No, exactly. Like, scuba diving's fun. Yeah. A little adventure, but we don't have gills, so no. we don't want to be scuba diving all the time. Unless you're a mutant, which would be also cool. I saw Waterworld and, recently. Yes. A f- weird movie. Yeah. Ben, company director and CEO, told me to watch it, and he said it was a terrible movie. Movie. Lo and behold, absolutely correct. Terrible movie. Terrible. Yeah. Please don't sue us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but there were mutants that had gills. Yes. Speaking of mutants. And it was because of climate change. It's, like oh. ma- it's Mad Max on water. It that's, is. That's what we're saying here, people. We don't go and see Waterworld. It's not a good movie. <laughs> the main <laughs> thing is, like if that. we get too hot, icebergs melt, sea level goes up. Yep. Start already happening in the South Pacific, places like that that are really low on sea level. Yep. Next stop, I mean, I live two streets back from the beach. 
as much as it'd be great to be right on the waterfront, it's not a great idea. Yeah. We don't want the sea levels rising like that. Get your gills installed ASAP. Moving on. (laughs) Moving on. All right. So this one, folks, this is probably where the the warning really comes comes into play. So this story is all about... Uh, you might, you may have seen, and I'm going to try that again. You may have seen in the media recently, there's been reports of a second and third person having been cured of HIV AIDS. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. For a little bit of context, as I said, it was second and third. There has actually been a first. Yes. I wrote a little article about a topic that's um, relevant to this, um, mm. which I shall link in the in the show notes. Basically, there's this guy called the Berlin Patient. Ooh. So named because he was living in Berlin at the time when all this went down in about 2008. Makes sense. Yes. So, this guy, his actual name is Timothy Ray Brown. He was diagnosed with HIV in 1995. Mm-hmm. In 2000, just to give a background on HIV, what it does is it effectively completely weakens your immune system, attacks your white blood cells, leaving, yeah. leaves you more open to infection yeah. and cancers. Now, he had mm. HIV for about 11 years. Then in 2006, he was diagnosed with leukemia. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a double whammy. Yeah. Not good. You've already got HIV and then you get leukemia <coughs> as well. Exactly. And this is obviously also partly because he had such a weakened immune system from exactly. the HIV. So that that is, a, you know, how your body can fight off a cold and all that kind of stuff. Well, that's your immune system. That's your white blood cells fighting that off. So when you've got HIV, which is really lowering your immunes, then you're suddenly open to lots of other infections and gross things. Precisely. Yeah. So he was in a bit of a tricky spot. But what they did is to treat his leukemia, they mm-hmm. gave him a bone marrow transplant. Wow. Okay. So your bone marrow is effectively where your immune system is born. That's yeah. where your blood, white blood cells come from. The white blood cells being the ones that fight off viruses and infections. Yeah. So we got this bone marrow transplant and this is where it gets interesting. He got a bone marrow transplant from someone with a mutated CCR5 gene. Okay. Mm-hmm. The CCR5 gene is basically uh, the protein in the blood where HIV can actually enter the cell. Yeah, okay. so it's called what we call it is a receptor, right? Yeah, so a receptor, you if you imagine, it's kind of like a little, it's a little thing where you can arrive at as a, as something else that's coming into the cell. Yeah. And in this case, if the HIV arrives at this receptor, it's able to kind of attach itself to this um, this protein, and that allows it to actually get inside the cell. So what they do is they kind of hijack the the receptor's normal mechanism, mm-hmm. normal way it does things, and it actually gets itself inside of the cell, and that's what it does. And but what happens when we have a mutation in this? Mm. So Delta 3-2 mutation is what it's called. Yep. And this means it actually has taken away like 32, uh, 32 parts of the DNA. Is that what that means? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. So is that like 20, uh, sorry, 32 like letters off the? Yeah. Really? A's and A's and C's and T's and yeah. G? Really? Yeah. Dr. Quill. I'm, yeah. I'm very impressed. Yes. I hope that's right. No, no, that's right. That's right. You, you made me question myself then. Um, and so, yeah, so what it does is that, and what it actually does is if you take that many, that much of the DNA, in this case, it changes the way that the receptor will work. So yeah. it can no longer do what it's supposed to do, which in this case is a good thing. It no longer takes the HIV inside the cell. There you go. So yeah. this person was naturally, the donor was naturally resistant to HIV. I say resistant, not immune, but yeah. resistant. So yeah, it limits the ability of HIV to actually enter these cells. So Timothy Ray Brown received that transplant mm-hmm. uh, with the CCR5 Delta 32 mutation. Mm-hmm. And after that, he was 
basically cured of HIV. Mm-hmm. He went off his antiretroviral medication. Wow. So antiretrovirals being a type of medication that suppresses HIV. Yep. He went on it, and but his HIV blood count went like plummeted straight down. That's and it's amazing. been completely undetectable since. So in 2008, they basically announced that he'd been cured of HIV. First person ever. Yeah, and there's millions of people around the world that are infected millions with this, and, millions, and it millions. can be passed down to children, which is another horrible thing yep. from parents and stuff like that. So, really, imp- and it's a <clears throat> horrific disease, and so that's yeah. why it's so important to look for a cure. And there's currently no known cures. Yes. Um. So Apart that's from why it's- this weird yeah. method. Exactly. Um. So now it's been announced that there's been a second and possibly third per- people who have also been cured of HIV. Yeah. The wow. second one. Happened only recently, um, called the Berlin, no, sorry, the London patient. The London patient mm-hmm. effectively have the same thing. They got HIV in about 2003, was yep, it? 2003. And a few years later, they were di- diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm. Also, not something. So, again, same thing, you know, because the HIV attacked their body, left them open to cancers, they end up getting a type of cancer. Mm. Double whammy, not fun. Not fun. They went through the same treatment transplant. Transplant. Yep. Got better cured of HIV. Third person, like three days afterwards, so it's 12 years between the first two, and then two or three days later, there's a third person. Same thing happens, okay? Mm. So we might be thinking, there's something to this, right? Yeah. Also, with them being more close together, I wonder if it's starting, because obviously if you are resistant to HIV, that's a positive thing. So I wonder if it's starting to select for people that have that resistance gene. Who, like the doctors are selecting for that? No, not doctors, but just like evolution genetically, are these preferable? Oh. Like it's a positive, it's a positive thing. It prevents you from getting HIV. Chances are there'll be more of these people increasing, right? Because they're not going to die off. Yeah, potentially. I mean, I think it's too early it's too for early, that to but, have taken effect. But yeah. I do know that there's 16 percent of Northern Europeans have the CCR5 Delta 32 mutation. Yeah. Wow. Um, random factoid. Mm. There you go. So. Um, yeah, the media is basically saying, "Oh, this is amazing! Everyone's going to be cured of HIV. This is fantastic news." Hold the phone, there, folks. Yeah. Not, not so fast. Not quite that easy. Not quite that easy no. because, as we basically said, in order to have, the, in order to be treated with HIV and therefore cured of it in this way, you have to have both HIV and cancer. Yes. Now, Timothy Ray Brown, the first person I was talking about, when he received his transplant, he went into a coma and almost died. Yes. So it's not like getting a needle that helps to prevent you from getting sick. You have to no. have your entire bone marrow transplanted. Effectively, his entire immune system was replaced. Yes. Um, the other two people, they went on less um, less intense treatment, okay. I believe. Probably so, I mean, things that's a good advanced thing. a little bit since yeah. then, so that's good. Exactly. The other thing is that with I think it's in all three cases, they end up getting something called graft-versus-host disease, right. which is kind of like... Um, when transplants get rejected, but mm-hmm. in reverse. Yeah. So the new immune system that's going into a new host is actually rejecting its host. Yeah. So the white blood cells from the transplant are going into this new host and saying, I don't like it here. Yeah, wow. So normally yeah. our immune system works by going, here's my white blood cells, <laughs> they fight off infection. Anything new like someone else's blood coming in, I'm going to fight that off because it's foreign to me. Precisely. But if your entire white blood cell system has been replaced with someone else's, in essence, They're attacking your you. body is like getting attacked from the inside by yep. a foreign set of white blood cells that are inside yep. your body. Exactly. Because it, it thinks that you're a foreign body in some way. Yeah, wow. And so yeah. here's the other thing. We don't know now 
whether it's the CCR5 Delta 32 mutation that's actually done the work here, or if it's the graft versus host disease that's uh, actually been killing the HIV infected cells. Okay. Which is totally wild. Yeah. You really, really don't want to have this treatment. No. That's the problem with it. Which is a shame. But also, not only is it an invasive and horrible treatment, yeah. it's not an easy or cheap treatment, right? We no, can't be rolling expensive. it out to the millions of people, especially, unfortunately, in a lot of the third world countries where this infection mostly takes place. Um, it's not that easy to just roll it out to everyone. So, yeah. unfortunately, not really a treatment just yet. Mm-hmm. But these kind of things are the kind of ideas that scientists can learn from. They mm-hmm. can see how that prevents the disease. And what it does, and they can start to model on that using, like, you know, different animal models and cell models. And then they can start to take the ideas of how does this block this or how does it prevent this and start to work on it from there. There you go. Good starting point. Absolutely good starting point. Um, So, effectively, the best um, way to manage HIV now is to not undergo this treatment because it's so risky. Mm. But also just stay on antiretroviral drugs because yeah. nowadays they're amazing. Yeah. Um, I talked to um, a guy, it's in the article, I can't remember his name, doctor who was actually inside um, lots of hospitals mm-hmm. in the late 80s and early 90s when the HIV crisis was at its peak. Mm. And he was talking about how doctors in the UK were using drugs completely wrong. And he was like, you need to use triple therapy. And that's now the standard. Okay. So antiretrovirals are a combination of different types of drugs. Right. It probably attacks the cell <clears throat> attack at different yeah, points and stops ways. it in lots of different ways so that if they're changing, they yeah. can stop them and those kind of things. Which means that people can lead pretty normal lives yep. uh, using antiretrovirals. And yep. they only take, take one a day. It yep. used to be you have to have a box right. full of them. It'd be horrible taking but, those every day. But, you know, that doesn't discredit the whole idea of this mutated gene because that's Mutations in genes are often where we can begin new kind of ideas for hopefully preventative treatments rather than just um, treatments that help prevent the symptoms once you've already got it. So things that might help to prevent people getting in the first place. For sure. Always better to stop it happening as opposed to just treating it once it has happened. That's a really good point. Yeah. I wonder if the the mutation would have any negative effects as well. And this is is where science would have to go before you could start using it for those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, interesting. So it's not, you know, a, a... party of celebration or anything like that yep. but it is a very very interesting discovery because we know that the mechanism itself works it's just and don't it's be, interesting it's really interesting yeah. yeah yeah but if if any media people tell you hiv cured no not not no. quite let's not get too excited mm. so there you go very um, interesting sad part heavy part over. over all right let's play some theme music and we're back back to the silliness back to the silliness we got one more thing we want to talk about Bill, what is it <gasps> It's something super exciting. Mm-hmm. Is it something related to what me and Kate talk about, talked about? Uh, International yes. International Women's Day. Because we had International Women's Day last week, mm-hmm. which was awesome. Yep. And I was very lucky. Holly and myself got to go to the Australian National Maritime Museum in Amazing. Sydney. And we were there for a big day of women in science kind of day. We talked to, like, hundreds of young, um, young prospective scientists yes. and there's lots of cool presenters and lots of great talks and lots of amazing scientists there so that was really Very important cool. now there's something else really important happening with women in science what is it the first ever all-female <sighs> spacewalk is going to happen at the end of this month really yeah nice i know yeah it's very it's exciting a bit, bit overdue very overdue but we're not talking like the people out in space we're talking the whole crew right the whole crew, the whole crew. it's going to be an all-girl space adventure amazing yeah that's okay. Like I said, bit overdue. Yeah. But I saw the tweet 
mm-hmm. that came out from what's her name? I've forgotten the name. Let me find Kristen it very, very quickly. <gasps> yeah, it was Kristen. Oh, yeah, her name is impossible to pronounce. I'm so sorry, Kristen Fasciol. I hope that's right. She said, I just found out that I'll be on console providing support for the first all-female spacewalk. Yeah. She's obviously very excited. Um, with Astro Animal and Astro Christina, presumably other astronauts. And I cannot contain my excitement. And there's four exclamation marks. That is exciting. That's very excited. Deservedly so. STEM. Absolutely. Yeah. Hashtag women in STEM. Hashtag women in engineering. Hashtag women in space. Hashtag awesome. Get them. Yeah. Escape it. And then, do you know what's coming up after that? What's that? The first ever physics twist only staff members going to space. <laughs> is it you and me? Yeah. Nice. Space trip. I'm included. I'm so glad that I'm included. That's so nice yeah. of you. Well, if otherwise it would just be Cool Coaster Space. <laughs> it doesn't have quite the same ring to it. <laughs> cool Coaster Space. Look, if that were a documentary, I'd watch it. It sounds like a kid's book. <laughs> the thing is, you've got to make sure that you're mic'd up yeah. properly. Yeah. Because, you know. Otherwise, there's, can't, no, there's no sound. Can't, can't podcast from yeah. space. Because <laughs> there's no. Yeah, we already talked about that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really exciting and about time and go, girls. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think what they're doing, just in case people were wondering, is they're replacing some batteries on the International Space Station. Excellent. Yep. Great. Cool. Nice. Should we end it there? I think that's a, that's a wrap for that's, this week. That's a wrap on this week of episode of... Uh, <laughs> that's a wrap on this week's episode of Physics Twist. Thank you for joining us. Thank I'm you. Duncan. I'm Quill. Um, you can also check out the Physics Ed podcast hosted by Ben Newsom. Our lovely boss. If you like listening to educators talk about how to educate, then that's probably up your alley. Don't forget, you can rate us on iTunes. Quill, what's your favourite number? We like uh, the number five. We certainly do. It's a great number. There's five points on a star, (laughs) five fingers on a hand, five star ratings for our podcast. (laughs) Crushed it. (laughs) And what else? Oh, yeah. And we're powered by Physics Education. So thank you for listening. Theme music, go! See you next week. Bye.